free men need to be able to protect their families. It's really sad to see people hurt, livelihoods destroyed, even homes destroyed, just to make a political point. Free men take action when churches face heartbreaking attacks. And while cowards stand idle, free men run towards the sound of gunshots when children are in danger. I'm so thankful for free men who stand ready with the tools of liberty. Hi, I'm Robert Borton, CEO of Classical Conversations, the world's largest classical Christian homeschooling community. I'm launching a new podcast, Refining Rhetoric. If you like cross-politics or just listen to hear what crazy stuff they're saying today, you will enjoy Refining Rhetoric. You can find us on your favorite podcast platform. I practice the 15 tools of learning by interviewing great guests, looking at current events, and talking about cryptocurrency. Welcome to Cross Politic. I'm the Chocolate Knox, and you're back. We might be gone, but you're not. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. And hey, 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 don't have you got your tickets yet for the Fight Left Feast Conference, October 11th through the 14th, out at the Ark Encounter. And you can go to the Creation Museum too if you go get your tickets right now. FightLeftFeast.com. I know you got, and I know you signed up, become a club member because. You are a good Christian, and all good Christians make sure they get their discounts. And with a Fight, Laugh, Feast club membership, you get the $100 off. And I know you did it because you want a clean conscience. Anyway, so today, excited about this one. Steve Dace and Joe Rigney. I forgot we had them in the studio. This was interesting because if I remember correctly, this was after, right after Trump had just won. <laughs> and Steve Dace after the show, goes on this tirade, and I, I figured out something about Steve Dace. He goes on this tirade because I believe he was working on Ted Cruz's campaign. And boy, he just gives us kind of an insight into politics in the backstage of it. And I, the only thing, I don't even remember everything that he said, but I knew it was powerful because at some point in there, I picked up my phone thinking I was going to have to call an ambulance so that we can revive this man because he stood up from the table and start jumping up and down, telling us all <laughs> the whole story, what was going on with Trump and this and that and Ben Carson. And he, he saw it coming, but he turned red and I thought he couldn't breathe because he was just going on for so long. It was hilarious watching him go. And I think he just talked for like two hours after the show. And it was one of the, one of the best things. And I was so mad at myself because I did not record it, but we did record this full episode. So enjoy Steve Dace with Joe Rigney. First time we figured out Steve Dace was a beast. He's a bad man. Cross politic begins in three, two, one. Stop a heart that breaks for a dying city. Stop cursing your future. <laughs> Is not true. For all intents and purposes, I am a woman. No government, no political system has ultimate supremacy. Jesus is king of kings, and it's about time our nation returned in humble submission to his lordship. You are not protecting women. You are authorizing the destruction of 500,000 little women every year. I didn't start it. Sir, sir, with all due respect, that's the argument of a five-year-old. I didn't start it. Right, when the spirit comes upon people, they go to war, they go to battle, and the enemies of God are driven back and they're slaughtered. You 
are listening to Cross Politic with Gabe Wrench, the Water Boy, Pastor Toby Sumter, and the Chocolate Knox. Hey, y'all! Welcome to Cross Politic. It's been a good week. I don't even know what week it is at this point. What day is it? <laughs> I've, I've actually been asking the kids in the mornings when I do the devotions if they can tell me what morning it is. Oh, because um, it's the summer. Well, and and because there's been this intense called conference going on all week. Yes. And, it's the only time and, you're allowed to wear somebody else's shirt on this show, right. except unless your name and, is Steve Dace, too. Right. Yeah. Right. Then, then you can rock that shirt. I, this is not tacky self-promotion. It's a name tag, so everybody remember who I am. Uh, yeah. okay. And I'm sticking with that. people need to know your name. I'm not, I'm not wearing my own swag. It's just a name tag. Oh, that's right. right. That's yes. right. right. But yeah. I asked the kids, and one day there was, a, there was a really strong argument about whether it was Tuesday or Wednesday. I'm just saying. With the kids? Yeah, the kids. What are y'all doing to them kids over there? So you guys know, we advertise called conference on the show. Um, We had um, Steve Dace coming out, who's out for the called conference, which is going on this week. You are having a bad week. And and then um, (laughs) we had Matt Walsh coming out, whose flight got canceled. (laughs) That was pretty disappointing. So guys said no. Um, but Pastor Wilson, uh, Ben Merkel speaking. Yeah. It's been it's been a packed week. It's been also, really good. Also, 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 this also guy. our worldview speaker for the whole week, brother <laughs> Pastor Joe Rigney, who's been awesome. The, the Sorry, talks will bro. actually go up online. They'll go up online. No, I was getting I was getting a show. I was uh, trying to hype it up. Wow. You guys weren't letting Save me get the there. best for last. Man. I know. Yeah. Thank you, and, Steve. Yeah. Last yeah. will be first one day too. So and yeah. and so it's been a great week. It's been a long week, but man, like the first like Monday, um, Matt calls me. Says I can't make my flight. We had kids uh, not registered for the conference that were showing up. That were it's yeah. probably more our paperwork trail than their problem. I mean, it was. Oh man! But after like Monday, it's been pretty smooth selling um, and everything. So, but it's been a great conference, and would love to. We're going to do it again next year too. So, yeah. Yeah. so welcome to Cross Politic. Yeah. So share the, the don't, don't forget it Sunday night. So we need to share the show and like, like the show, comment invite. on it. Um, you guys have probably followed the fallout from the last. Uh, show with Pastor Greg. What happened? Woo. What happened? It went it went all all over the place. Actually, Matt Walsh did share it. Um, it got on the Christian Daily Reporter. Yeah. Um, uh, activist mommy. Yeah. Shared it. Yeah. it Even was, activist mommy. I, know, got to, I feel like we activist. we sort of kind of made it. With when, activist, when activist mommy. Activist mommy. Oh wow, we're going big. Yeah. <laughs> So, but because so we, you know, part part of this we got to kind of turn this around and thank our club members for right. for um, you know all your support and being able to do what we do. So keep it up, keep and giving if, us. And if you're new, if you you just found yeah. out about us, hey, this is Cross Politics. You can find out more at crosspolitics.com. You can join. You become a member. Yeah. Um, we have all kinds of awesome special things for members. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Does that sound like a good sales pitch, Steve? <laughs> Join the club. Sounds like you don't remember what you're supposed to give away. You just came up with that phrase. You know, awesome. That's special what I things. say when I forget the, my own live read and I just throw out some yeah. superlative like that. Awesome yes. special things. Just this like, stuff is great. Try it. Yes. yes. Join. Join Cross Politics. Cross Politics Worldview Shotgun Series. Right. Yeah, right. That's, hey, that's hey, you know, actually, up. actually, before I forget, I've been meaning to bring this um, to to you. What is that? Gabe. No, don't don't feed the, the beast. True Texan. This, this is from oh. my armadillo. This is from my wife. Deep in the heart of Texas. She she found it somewhere oh. and she wanted to give it to you. And so, I've, she's been telling me to take it out of her house for months. Thank you. Tell her thank you. You know the the thing about armadillos. It's armadillo. Okay. The thing about armadillos <laughs> is you'll be driving down the highway. Is this mansplaining? <laughs> this is exactly. <laughs> no, no, this is armadillo explaining. Texas explaining. Yeah, Texas explaining. <laughs> is you're driving down the highway and you know how armadillos they're kind of they're they're they could basically your car could drive over them without killing them. It's gonna take but, over the show. But the problem is, is they'll Thanks. jump up, they'll spook, and they'll jump up right into your fender, and you'll you'll kill them. So it's just a is, interesting that, is that thing. a problem or is that a perk? It's a 
I don't know. It's a it's a feature of it's the fall, thing. probably. It's a, <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a Texas thing. I know, as soon as I you're saw it, you're from Texas like, too, aren't yeah, you? I knew what that was. You, you I'm glad it. you put the Texans wait, wait, on that side. You're a Texas dude too, though, aren't you? I I would like to be. Steve would. What? Yeah, yeah. It's my relocation mistress. Why? Why, Steve? It's got two things I greatly covet: uh, no state income tax and no winner. Doesn't Washington have that? <laughs> oh, oh, but the no. property taxes. Yeah, oh, Washington man. has a winner. They're pretty bad. Yeah. They're pretty brutal. So, Uh-oh. you know, there's been a lot going on just for us this week with called conference going on. Right. But we, one thing we haven't had a chance to be able to get into is this whole Trump-Russia thing. Ooh. The whole Trump going to Russia. I texted uh, our buddy John Crawford. Yeah. Was in the UK and he landed the day Trump met with Putin. And I was, I was texting him. I was like, did you have anything to do with that little Putin problem? <laughs> <laughs> But uh, with the fallout of this, let's see if we can all play this here real quick, see if you can all hear it. But, um, uh, uh, of course, Arnold Schwarzenegger, our mm. immigrant Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> had some comments about uh, Putin and the whole Trump uh, meeting. Let me play it real quick. President Trump, I just saw your press conference with President Putin, and it was embarrassing. I mean, you stood there like a little wet noodle, like a little uh, uh, fanboy. I mean, I was asking myself, when are you going to ask him for an autograph or for a selfie or something like that? I mean, you literally sold out at this press conference, our intelligence community, our justice system, and worst of all, our country. You're the president of the United States. You shouldn't do that. I mean, what's the matter with you? I mean, whatever happened to the strong words or to the strength of Ronald Reagan when he stood there at the Berlin Wall and he said, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. What happened to all that? I think a point there. Yeah. Where Trump Steve, looks strong what, what, everywhere. Yep. What, what did you think about this? Yeah. As usual, I think um, almost everybody's wrong. Uh, and, and, and the reason I think. In the media? Yeah. yeah. And, and, and on both sides, because most of my industry, and I don't want to be one of those conservatives that says the media. Well, I work in the media. Yeah, right. right. Okay. Talking about yourself. Yeah. I, I, wh- most of the media today is driven by can I hate Donald Trump? even when he's right, mm-hmm. and prove that I can hate him better than you can, even when he's right? Or can I um, genuflect to Donald Trump, even when he's clearly wrong, and this is the greatest... Th- and some people say, I'm the best genuflector. You've never seen genuflecting like this right, before, right. okay? And and this go, and, and so this gets a, becomes a personality contest. You know, what, what Schwarzenegger said there about the intelligence community... Hey, where are those mass stockpiles of uh, WMDs from Baghdad? You guys seen those yet? Mm-hmm. Hey, where's all these? Uh, where, where's John McCain's freedom fighters in Syria? Yeah, seen. Where, where are where, you know? We were you know in, the intelli- hard drives. Yeah, the intelligence community <laughs> yeah. promised yeah. us that the Arab Spring would would bring forth uh, a Muslim democratic nirvana in Libya and Egypt, right. Syria. Total mm-hmm. failures. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't really give a, a hoot about offending the intelligence community. Yeah. Where I do agree, though is watching an American president uh, literally sit there and go, wind beneath my wings, emasculate himself. <laughs> I, forget forget politics for you a second. That song, yeah, 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 Let's yeah. just do the dude code. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In any circumstance, and I mean any circumstance, is it appropriate for one dude to use the words, and I quote, strong and powerful <laughs> when referring to another dude in any competitive or rivalry setting? Like, does Nick Saban come out and say, we really found Auburn's offensive line in this Iron Bowl to be strong and po- never happens. Yeah. You don't ever right. do that. That's right. Okay, That's and the right. the emasculating 
aspect of it, I, it it's been five days. Yeah. I'm still deeply offended well, by the, it. The, As a man, I'm offended. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing that I was just, I, I've not been following very closely, but the thing that I noticed was there was this, this really strong contrast between what he was doing in, in England with Theresa May and the whole NATO discussion. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, everybody was just, you know, you know, on fainting couches because he was so direct and so... Um, you know, well, back to even it, back to the it, G7 summit, in, he walks in, he comes in late, you know, right, right. But he's, you know, I saw a few clips of him telling him, you know, the, you guys are, you know, you're screwing this up, you're, you're, um, uh, taking advantage of American mm-hmm. generosity. I mean, he's just direct, he's pushing at the problems and saying, this has got to change. And then he shows up with, with Putin and, yeah. uh, Wind beneath his wings. Is you, that what we're going to go you, with? You saw. <laughs> well, it's cross politics. If it was my show, I probably would have been a little bit more plain. But I'm going to be polite here as the guest. Yeah. I got a beat button over here. If you need it. <laughs> but so. we saw it. You saw it a year ago. I mean, he went over to Saudi Arabia and walked in a room of sheikhs and clerics and said, "Y'all need to come correct and police your religion because we're tired of doing it over here. And we're not right. doing it anymore." Wow. Yeah. Something I've wanted a president to say since about September 12, 2001. Come on now. And then, I, so I don't know why in these settings, it's actually harder to walk into your allies and say, yeah. pay us the money you owe us. Yeah. yeah. It's harder to walk into the room of the nations that are harboring the number one existential threat to the United States and say, police your own. I don't know why he's able to do that. Yeah. And then here we have Xi and Un and Putin, a consistent pattern with these three And the latter two are basically wannabes. Russia is greatly diminished, is really a non-entity on the world stage. Xi is is essentially leads a country where we're their middle class. Like they would go bankrupt without us. This is China. We're talking about China. Yeah, we would buy all their stuff. So I don't know why to these countries. I I don't know why to these countries he's assuming the position. I don't. It doesn't make any sense to me. So, but why does um, particularly with Russia, you have this um, interesting phenomenon where even like. Uh, Obama was kind of um, trying to work with Putin a little bit. Remember when he kind of had to do those off-the-cuff remarks? Said, wait till I get reelected. Wait till I get reelected. Yeah. I'll have a little more latitude yeah. after the election. Right. And he said that to, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. to Putin. The that Russians, was off the mic. Know? Off the yeah, mic. It was off the mic, but yeah. it's recorded. <laughs> we why, got you, buddy. Why do we do this with Russia? I don't know. I mean, if you go back to the last Olympics, they were literally paper macheing bump beds and masking tape toilets. Yeah. All right. It's it's yeah. it's a thugocracy. It's barely yeah. above a third world country. It is run by thugs and Uh-oh. oligarchs. I got the beep over there. Okay. <laughs> and it, it's, it, yeah. what, here's what I would have loved Trump to have said. Yeah. When the question about Russian collusion came up, of which we've had what sixty-seven or eighty hundred eight hundred indictments. None of them have been actually about Russian collusion. Yeah. I'd have loved it if Trump would have said after Putin blew it off, he would have said. You know, I don't blame Vladimir for laughing off Russian collusion. I get asked about this all the time. And now that I think about it, I can kind of see why Vladimir finds it so funny. Yeah. I mean, when you actually, when you look at how greatly diminished on the world stage Russia has been over the last 20 years, they're really a non-entity. We are the world's <laughs> lone superpower. The idea yeah, that yeah. this country that can't, you know, feed their own people somehow uh, is, is, is who interfered in the last election right. of the world's mightiest country, yeah. I would find that laughable too. Yeah. Now, that's what, that's America that's first. The, that's the Trump we know. That's America's yeah. first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What right. we saw, what we saw with 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 with, with Putin was, uh, you know, uh, we, we saw emasculation first. Yeah. Like that was a dude code violation. Like he's got to come <laughs> home, do like nine chin ups. He's got to basically do the Murph workout yeah. after that. That's yeah. like repentance <laughs> in the dude code. You do the Murph. When you the emasculate Murph, yourself that bad, you got to do yeah. the Murph, and yeah. it's got to be on Facebook Live, and we all watch. Yes. Yes. Give me some popcorn. Yes. That's, I just awesome. want some popcorn that's your pants. And he's just doubled down on it though. 
Because right? I mean, that, so far he's just that doubled is down. Trumpian fashion. He's right? never wrong. Right. And, like the only two people that want to keep yeah. Trump to keep talking about Putin are all are on CNN's payroll and then Trump. Everybody else is like, dude, this is getting uncomfortable to watch now. Can you move on? Yeah, right, like, right. like, get back to NFL tweet, kneelers tweet, and tweet Jim something. Acosta. This, is, this, is, this yeah. is lame. Yes. <laughs> NFL kneelers. Now, it seems like there's like local politics, U.S. politics, and trying to be president with what's going on here in the U.S., but then there's this international politics. And I, I like, there's got to be more at play there for Trump to be acting this way with, with Putin, uh, you know, well, I, uh, if you want to get fired in our business, try psychoanalyzing Trump. So I'm going to try it. Um, <laughs> <All right. laughs> what I think you have is Trump is a business magnet, but there's not a board of directors. That's right. He, he yeah. runs, yeah. He's a, he runs an empire. Yeah. He, everybody answers to him constantly. Every, yeah. Everybody from at Trump Tower, from the mailroom yeah. to his assistant, right. their livelihoods depend on him. And I think it's one thing to push around a bunch of metrosexual um, uh, you know, wimps, hacktivists like Jim Acosta. Uh -huh. That's low lying fruit. Yeah, it, it's one thing to tell the a bunch of spoiled brats in the NFL, tell those blankety blanks to get up and stand for the anthem from three thousand miles away sure. at a rally in Wisconsin. It's nothing to walk into a room with three guys who, because it's Thursday and they're bored, can just have people's throats slit. That's real power. Yeah, and 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 in a in a Trumpian worldview, that is real power. Huh. And so it's it's huh. it's easier to to smack around. It's easier to pimp slap the low-lying fruit everybody already hates and loathes. Mm -hmm. It's another thing to stand up there when your act is kind of a shtick. You're kind of a shtick bully. Yeah. And it's a, we saw this in Iowa in the caucuses. Mm -hmm. The second-to-last debate when he was jumping on the whole thing that Cruz is not a natural-born citizen. We had prepared a, <laughs> a, a, a soundbite to answer that, to, put, to turn it back on Trump by his own standard. He's not because his mom was born in Scotland. Yep. Okay. When we pulled that on him, you could see the blood drain from his face uh -huh. when his pants got pulled down. The The next debate, which was the last debate before the Iowa caucuses, do you guys remember what happened? No. no. He wouldn't show up. Oh, that's the one he did. Oh, so I'm not showing up. Here. I'm doing a, a, a veteran's benefit. Yeah. And it took, I, don't, I don't know if the, those veterans groups e still have even gotten the money from it. But I think what you're dealing with is a guy that's used to pushing around trust fund kids on the Upper East Side. Yeah. For hotel properties. Yeah. When you walk into a room with, with China or China, when you walk in a room with North Korea, when you walk in a room with Putin, those are real bullies. And mm -hmm. I think, I frankly, I think he's somewhat intimidated by them. I was thinking when he met, when we talked about his conversation with Un, the thing that made me think, huh, maybe something happened here was the reaction of South Korea. Mm -hmm. So, you know, yeah. anybody who has anything to lose, it's the South Koreans. In a, in a situation like that, if he's just blowing sunshine and it's a game, mm -hmm. the South Koreans are going to be the ones that are going to suffer. And the fact that the president, I mean, of course, because North Korea is their neighbor, yeah, be their neighbor. Yeah, I mean, they're right. the ones. I mean, that's that's the existential threat is right there. Yeah. Um, but the fact that the South Koreans and President Moon um, said this is something significant. This has not happened before. Made me gave me pause to say, okay, maybe this is something unique. Maybe this is something different. I agree. I, I didn't have any criticism. I mean, I'm I kind of cringed. Yeah. But I also understanding Trump's personality. When, that, when that, Trump said everyone's looking pretty thin here, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, he, and, they're and, all going to sit down at the table. I, He's like, everyone's looking pretty yeah. thin here. Yeah. Kim Jong Un. I would have been much well, more comfortable. My, he would have said, "Pardon me, my car hit a water buffalo. Can I borrow your towel?" Yeah. But or it's all ball bearings these days. My, my favorite part of that was when. Uh, was when Un then like looks at the camera like he's Jim Halpert on The Office and he's just like, did he just say that? <laughs> there is no situation Donald Trump cannot make awkward. Oh, yeah. I was, oh, I was, I was like, what, what yeah. situation's not cringeworthy? Yeah. I, mean, yeah. when do, I mean, even when he's doing something you kind of agree with, you're but still I have, kind of like, I've yeah. also seen him be extremely warm, extremely yeah. personable, yeah. At, I, and I've witnessed it with my own eyes at times. So 
I think you just that's have funny. to build into bake into the cake a certain handicap for his mercurial personality. Yeah, and that's why I didn't say much criticism about the the North Korea summit. Yeah, but now that we're you know I'm I'm Trinitarian, so I believe in the rule of three. Yeah, <laughs> this is three straight tyrants he's met with individually. <laughs> that he, you know, China, we were told for three years they're a per currency manipulator. He has one lunch with the guy and he comes out and says, we're going to make Beijing great again, guys. They just, they're perfectly swell. <laughs> wow. And so I'm just like, what wow. in the Sam Hill's Who going on here? Yeah. yeah, right? Yeah. Huh, what, yeah. Huh, I don't know. I don't know. Okay, well, hey, look. You, you didn't say anything. You've been quiet on I've been enjoying myself. No, 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 I don't need to say anything. I just need to grab some popcorn and chill. Are you kidding me? <laughs> When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about Michael Jordan, LeBron James, and <laughs> postmodernism. <laughs> when we come I back. am so in on this. Yeah, 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 yeah. More across politics. So, while we're going to this break, let me talk real quick. <laughs> How important is it to you um, to be involved in your child's education? How important is it to you to um, instill your values in your child? How important is it to you to be a part of something that's a little bit bigger than you. How important is it to you to have your child be a part of something that's a, just a little bit bigger than them? Everything that I wanted for my children's education, every question I asked, Classical Conversations was the answer. Welcome back to Cross Politic. Um, this is not like any other show we've ever done. It's no. completely different. Yes, that's right. Because on this show, we have with us Mr. Steve Dace, and we've got Pastor Joe Rigney, mm. and we have you the Chocolate Knox. What, huh? Hey. And um, he has a question about okay, Michael so, Jordan. No, but okay. So I was watching. I love Colin Cowherd. Uh, Colin Hurd. I, I don't know what Colin Cowherd. I have Cowherd. Cowherd. Thank yep. you. I can't say it right. But anyway, I watched him, and I've been really enjoying some of his his um, observations. I think but, they're called rants. <laughs> you respect the man, okay? Respect the man. They're observations if you're behind the mic. Yeah. They're rants if you're <laughs> listening. Yes. But, but one of the things that I've noticed that he pointed out was that. Um, LeBron James, the best ball player to ever play the game, uh, and he removed the argument from the object of the game, which is basketball is about winning trophies. And it started making a way from my head that I started thinking, I said, you know what? This is not just about basketball. This is the way the culture is starting to view everything. This is a postmodern understanding mm -hmm. of what victory looks like, of what winning looks like, yep. that they changed the whole game. Yep. And, and I, we sat here and we talked about on Cross Politics. I said, listen, guys, it's about the rings. <laughs> it's about the objective of the game. And so I, I kind of got a little heat for it, especially on Facebook. And I'm going down scrolling, you know, pouting a little bit. And I see Steve Dace. Five, was it five reasons? Mm -hmm. Five reasons why Michael Jordan is better than LeBron James. And I started shouting. I had a moment. I'm not, I, I just started. I just started shouting. I started breaking up. Hey, somebody preach! <laughs> preach it. So, anyway, I, since you were here, I just have to. I want you to drop those five reasons for me. I want you to kind of break it down for everybody. Kind of how this is reflecting the fact that we can't understand LeBron James Michael Jordan comparison because of our postmodern understanding. Go popcorn. See, popcorn. I, I will. Let me encapsulate it into like one big thought rather than all five. <laughs> Can I do this? The, is this okay? <laughs> <laughs> this debate, I believe, is the sign of a soft culture. Come on now. And I, oh, come and, on now. And, and I'm not trying to make a mountain out of a molehill or blow it up. This isn't yeah. a hot take. Yeah. I think, I, and I, I'm like, I don't think, you know, it's, 
like the North Carolina football coach who said the other day, if, you know, we lose football, we lose the country. I love football. Yeah, okay? yeah. He was close, though. Okay, he was but, close. Like, <laughs> the reason, like the reasons you might lose football are why you might lose a country, right. okay? Yeah, yeah. But football in and of itself is not indicative right. of the health right. of a culture, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay? Right. So this this is not well. what this debate this LeBron Jordan debate is not making us soft. Mm-hmm. Right. The debate is a symptom of how soft we become. That's right. mm. Because we've removed every criteria that we used to judge greatness. And instead we're using modern criteria like brand, yeah. mm. like platform, um like stats. And by the way, if you do a statistical profile between LeBron and Jordan, it's not even close. Jordan kills him. Jordan it's kills not him. even yeah. close, guys. Yeah. So if we're just going to go by if we're, I, I mean, I, I could just give you a list as long as my of my arm of, of, yeah. of we, statistical we accomplishments. <laughs> we're, yeah. George, we're before we even get to the greater narrative that you were discussing. Yeah, just the, if, if just by their own platform brand, dude invented modern sports marketing. Yeah. Dude invented cool. d- invented shoes, made yeah. shoes cool. Yeah. Like you could wear there shoes were to work. No shoes like, before Michael Jordan. Yeah, well, yeah, no. There weren't no. any shoes for hundred bucks to get your mom no, and dad to buy. You can yeah, 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 right. That's true. Yeah. Okay. That's true. So I mean, the idea he and all the stuff LeBron is doing now. It's like it's like Lincoln or, or it's like he's like uh, Jordan is George Washington and Lincoln and, and you know LeBron's like another president that it comes after using what he's already established and, and claiming I did it better than anybody else where if it weren't for this guy you this wouldn't stuff wouldn't that. exist That's right. yeah. but I think the other thing we have that, that the culture that Jordan grew up in it incentivized his ruthlessness yeah it said hey if you're gonna not if you're gonna beat and and I grew I was growing up in Michigan at that time. We had yep. the Jordan rules with Joe Dumars and yep. Bill Ambeer. Yep. Yep. Oh, I mean, yeah. we just we, 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 what yep. we did to Michael Jordan when he went to the that rim. Was rough. It's a date in it prison. Was rough. Yeah. And, a, exactly. and, a, and it's, a, it's a serious misdemeanor like every Southern state. Yep. All right. Yep. And, and we called that we called it defense in '88. Yeah, Come on, right. man. All right? yep. And, and yep. I mean, we mauled Bill, him. Bill Lambert was brutal. We with Jordan. we, oh, we yeah. assaulted yep. him on the court. Yep. Uh, we we broke Scotty Pippen down so bad in Game Seven of the 1990 Eastern Conference Finals. He, he He's like, go back I got out. a migraine. I can't play. Yep. My he you go got back him. out. You he got him. Go you got out. him, Coach. Yeah. I'm not going back out there. Yep. So he had he had to beat us. He had to beat yep. Magic Johnson and 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 yep. the Lakers. He had he took on every other great team. He quit for a year in his prime. Comes back, dominates again with an entirely <laughs> different set of teammates. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> This is, and I think a lot of it was the culture he was a part of incentivized his ruthlessness. Well, yeah, there See, was a I time think that he was almost dead and playing. Like, yes, like, you know, like he's like yeah. four degrees. See, degrees I, think, I think LeBron yeah. is yeah. more physically gifted than oh, Jordan. Yeah. Okay. And no I think doubt. if Jordan was from, if, if LeBron had played in the era that Jordan was in, I think that culture would have pushed LeBron to be as ruthless. Oh, oh, but yeah. the culture that LeBron's I in now is. Let me go on Instagram and congratulate myself. Yeah. Well, you yeah. know, I, I'd like to win championships, but I want to have a platform and a voice, and I want people <laughs> to hear what I think about, yeah. you know, who should be the congressman of the 14th district of Babylon. So let me talk about that on ESPN on Woke Center tonight. Woke, 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 yeah. Center. woke Center. I love that. Jordan, Jordan I love was that. like, we dude. We actually re- talked about this last week at Revo- the Revoice. Jordan, yeah. Jordan was yeah. like, dude, Republicans buy sneakers too. He actually said that publicly. When yeah. he was questioned about why he isn't spouting off on social justice warrior yeah. politics, you're like, yeah. Well, Republicans buy sneakers too. So I'll talk politics when I'm done selling sneakers, but right now I want to win some championships and sell some sneakers. And so I think LeBron's culture that he is a part of the fake where he had the fake graffiti where he claimed a few years ago he had racial graffiti in LA and the LAPD's like, we don't see any racial graffiti. Okay. So I I think that's also where guys like, dude, everybody else is getting discriminated against. I got to get mine. So yeah, yeah, I got some racist graffiti. Uh, There's no racist graffiti. All right. right? And so I think the culture has held LeBron back. And I think him going to L.A. and signing a four-year deal is a sign that he said, I'm not chasing Jordan's ghost anymore. 
this I'm, I'm just going to go to LA and set myself up for being culturally relevant after basketball. And if we win any more titles, great. But right now, he basically traded losing in the NBA finals to losing in the Western Conference semifinals. That's, <laughs> That's, That's exactly right. Oh. That's exactly right. Well, I tell you, I tell you, growing up in the game, you know, I started playing ball when I was seven years old, and then I played a couple years of JUCO ball. So I didn't, I didn't go that far, but I played. I had, you know, I don't know, seventeen years of playing ball. And watching the development in the NBA, I was a big NBA fan, big college basketball fan. I've become far greater a college basketball fan than NBA fan. I've, I've lost interest in the I'm NBA. I'm more of a college game, too. Fan. Yeah, yeah, right? And and it's really? largely the, the whole – it's not just the culture, but it's how the games play. There's no toughness with these guys anymore in the NBA. I mean, the way the defense is played, the way that um, – I mean, all the, the – they've actually changed the way the game's refed. Um, they've made um, uh, charges different. You've kind of watched it if you're standing yeah, see, outside I the box. I actually think I – mean, if I wasn't, if I didn't grow up in Michigan, I'd have hated the bad boys. And then the Knicks that Jordan had to play after that, Pat Riley got tired. Oh, yeah, he was, yeah, yeah. they were even worse with yeah. Anthony Mason yeah. and those guys. They were worse than us <laughs> yeah, because they yeah. were, they were, they were just as physical as we were, but not as good. Right. All right. So right. they were worse. It, it, which made it almost mean. Yeah. They actually, just as good. <laughs> I, I, I like watching the game more now. Yeah. I just think there's no reason to watch until about May 15th. That's yeah. right. Because there's right. only three relevant yeah. teams. Yeah. Right. And I'm a dad. I got yeah. three kids. I've got seven. I'm like a Jamaican with 18 job, man. <laughs> so, why, why that's my quote. He stole Steve. We invited Steve on the show. He stole my quote. We both stole from in living color back in the day. So, I mean, why am I watching the Sacramento Kings and uh, the Washington Wizards on on a January night when my daughter's got a ballet recital yeah. and my yeah. my son's got a that's basketball game. Irrelevant. It's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. It doesn't matter. I have no idea who plays for those teams either. I couldn't tell you either. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, Ten years ago, I could have told you every coach in the NBA. Now yeah. I might be able to tell you five. Yeah. This is my whole thing. I mean, so I'm not a basketball guy. Like, I'm sorry. At all. And the reason and the reason is is because it's the kind of sport where like there are you can concentrate the good players on one team. And then you you can just be you can be the Warriors. The Warriors can happen in a way. That, so I'm a baseball guy, and and it can, I don't think it can happen in baseball. I got a response to that. I think part of the problem is we've actually limited the ability of the coach to actually coach in the NBA. That's true. We've we've hamstrung coaches. How so? How so? How so? Magic even... was getting coaches fired yep. in 1981. Mm-hmm. He got mm-hmm. Paul Westfall fired. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know what? I can't. I don't know what you think. If if I watch Charles Barkley, who late in his career signed or or. or or- orchestrated a move to go to the Houston Rockets. Mm-hmm. So coming off of back-to-back NBA titles with Hakeem Olajuwon and Clyde Drexler, mm-hmm. so he could try to get a ring at the end of his career. Mm-hmm. If I watch him one more time rip Le- LeBron for ring shopping when that's exactly that what he, he did, did, I'm uh, going to be in the corner over here cutting myself. <laughs> man, I mean, that is so freaking hypocritical, man. Come on. Yeah, he, well, have a little self-awareness, so Chuck. I want to push this in the corner. So, so you're, you're talking about um, a change in culture, mm-hmm. and you're saying that um, we've we have drifted into a far softer culture. Yes. That's what you're saying. We are devaluing merit across and, the board, and this is another example. And one of the effects of this, you're, you're saying though, is this is one of the reasons why LeBron is actually not as great yes. as Michael Jordan is because he's facing less obstacles, he's yes. facing less resistance. So he's got a the culture is perfectly fine with him. Right. Not being the best right. ever. Yeah, it's for right. Jordan, the culture was like you are a listen. Michael Jordan, it, it might it might be a little, frankly, mm-hmm. yeah, canoey, but he stood up there at a, when he got inducted in the, in the Basketball Hall of Fame. Dude, this was twenty five years later, and he was still trolling and and and, right. and dunking on the on the ninth grade coach that cut him. Okay, <laughs> yeah, if, yeah. if a ninth grade yeah. coach co- dumped Le- dumped or dunked on LeBron James at his Hall of Fame. I just want to help you. Thank you for helping me discover myself and my true <laughs> calling. And, yeah, and I really needed that, you know, so, that, but, that, that but reinforcement. Let me connect the dots here. So what we're doing, though, is, is we're removing standards 
and and what that does is objective it, standards. Objective yeah. standards. Yeah. And what happens though is you don't actually end up being better. You actually it actually makes you worse. Yes. It actually makes you weaker. And yes. so when you have standards that say you're not that good and you have not accomplished as much as this person over there or that person over there, it's actually what can drive you to become better. LeBron James is Magic Johnson in Carl Malone's body. <laughs> and he's doing it against athletes even better and greater than the ones Jordan played against right. because right. the modern strength and conditioning stuff was just coming in in That's Jordan's right. career that we take for right. granted today. He, yeah. he is making them look career, like yeah. JV players. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but, absolutely. But it, it, the reality is, why doesn't he win more? Look what happened with, look what happened with Kyrie Irving. Mm. Do you know what would happen if Kyrie Irving played for Jordan in 1996 oh. and they were at odds? Oh. And... Jordan been like, dude, you're off my Christmas card list. I'm not inviting you for Thanksgiving, and I hate your guts. But if you don't average a double double this season, I'm gonna personally kick your behind. Yeah, 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 right, right. LeBron's like, uh, can we trade him for a cup of coffee? Because I'm just not feeling it, and there's no connection there. Right? And that's what they did. They just handed the Boston Celtics yeah. the next ten years of the Eastern Conference yeah. Finals. Or forget that J.R. Smith. Yeah. J.R. Smith. Could you imagine yes. Jordan responding to J.R. Smith? J.R. Smith would have needed Kevlar <laughs> and an armed guard <laughs> to get out of that. Arena. I'm not yeah. even. I'm not yeah. even joking. Yeah. Right. I'm, I mean, yeah. what Jordan would have done to him on the yeah. way out. Yeah. Would have, I mean, first of all, if Jordan was his teammate, that would have never that happened. Would, no, no, no. Because no, Dennis no. Rodman ceases nine forms of crazy That's when he right. puts on the Bulls jersey. <laughs> believe and he's down to it. just like so two true. of them. He's, crazy. he's, he's 12 Smith. forms of crazy with yep. the Spurs. Yep. Yep. He's only two forms of crazy with, 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 <laughs> my, with Michael Jordan. What's, it, what's interesting about the, the whole cultural piece of that is, on the one hand, you, you lower the standards, so maybe you're not, you don't have the toughness, you don't have the mental you know, focus or whatever that, that allows you to, to do this, and yet you become accepted. Uh, you become obsessed with the question of who's the goat, mm-hmm. right? Right. Like right, so, right, it's like right. it's like in you the still ad, want a standard. Like, you, well, it's like I, I mean, maybe it was like this back then too, but I don't, I don't think so. It's like in every sport, everybody's like, "Who's the goat? Who's the goat? Is this guy the goat? Is that guy the goat? Compared to that, is that guy?" We the goat? argued about teams in Jordan's era. Right. Were the ninety were the ninety six Bulls better than the eighty six Celtics? Right. Or the interesting. Or, that's interesting. A, that, those, we argued. Yeah, yeah, those kind of questions. But there's right. but there's this interesting obsession with like who's the goat and wanting to compare across times like. Because there's almost like this insecurity, right, or something like something. Like, there's something animating like that everywhere you go in any sport, um, it's, you know, especially football, especially basketball. Like, who's the goat? Mm-hmm. Because we have to like we have to find that out, and we have to be able to be like while we're devaluing yeah, merit. Yeah, you know where else right. we see this is in gender dysphoria. On one hand, we're saying you can gender's nothing, no, but but it's the same. <laughs> that's right, it's same. That's right. On one hand, we're saying gender is nothing except what you feel. Right. Except if if you feel like a woman, how would you know what feeling like a woman is unless there were unique associations right. with gender unto right. itself? Right. Your argument unto itself is self-refuting logic, and that's, that's exactly right. what's happening in right. sports. And, and and that dysphoria drives then, um, you know, I, I, you know, talk about toxic masculinity or you know or uber feminism or whatever. But you because then you're you're constantly trying to prove something mm-hmm. rather than being comfortable in or receiving what god actually gives because right. well, if there's no standard so well, you have to like you constantly trying to be what you can't even define it's, it's sort of like that thing when like people are debating the goat and the guy just he doesn't even say anything he just has to put the hand out with all the that's rings the, on it come on he just now. goes yep. like that and he goes that's what were we talking about yeah we talking about something <laughs> that's <laughs> the, <laughs> that, you just reminded me of one of the greatest smacks of smack backs i've ever heard patrick wall the the former the hall of fame goalie was asked about a one a player in the playoffs one year when he was with the Avalanche late in his career was asked about a player one year who said he's not he's overrated he's not that good he's just playing on a bunch of good teams and his response was to hold up all of his Stanley Cup rings from the from the Canadiens and from the from the uh, Avalanche and say 
I'm sorry, I can't hear him from all the championship <laughs> rings clanging in my ears. Well, okay? you remember, too, the Dream Team as well, right? Remember when the first Dream Team, not the, the that didn't even count, the first Dream Team, right? They all are out there playing, and Jordan's talking about he was the best, he was the best, and what did Magic do? I got more rings yes. than you, player. Yeah. <laughs> what did Larry Bird do? I got more rings than you. Yeah. Right. You know, but one thing they did know that he was on a come up, but Matt, even Jordan knew, this goes back to your first point, that he had to accomplish that level in order to be considered the greatest, yep. right? But that's changed, and it's even affected our ability to make logical decisions about anything. So we see it in sports, but it's also affected just race and, and gender, right? Like, we, we you just can't understand. Right now, you have men running inside of track meets with women, yeah. and yep. everybody's trying to figure out, like, man, we want to be fair, and we want to... Right. But it's a man running against a woman. Right. <laughs> you know what I think we're up against in all of the venues we just talked about? Imagine you were outside of Lot's house that night and the crowd that was assembled. Oh, wow. And you just grabbed an open mic and a digital recorder and did like man on the street interviews, like a campus reform. Or, right. I, like, I love it when they go ask people, what'd you think of Trump's speech last night? Didn't you think it was racist? And they go, oh, yeah, it was terrible. And it was a speech he hadn't even given yet. Yeah, you know, okay, yeah, yeah. it doesn't come till I love it when they do stuff like yeah, that yeah, yeah. to level to show the level of groupthink. That's that now put that times 150, whatever many people are standing outside of Lot's house that night. A mob that is so far gone, it's like that great rant Donald Pleasance has in the first Halloween movie about Michael Myers cannot be stopped. He cannot be contained. He cannot be defeated. He can't be can't be killed. That's what you're dealing with in our culture. There's a there's a segment of our culture. And I think it's amplified by social media mm. that has become the crowd outside of Lot's house. Mm. It's raw emotion. I emote, therefore I am. You can, they cannot be reasoned with. No, no fact can, if, if anything that's not what I want it to be is fake news. Mm. Right. Everything has to affirm whatever inclination or desire I want realized at that time. There's no I will not be satiated. Right. If there's no standards, then there's no reasoning. Mm -hmm. If there's no standards, then there's no arguing. Mm -hmm. There's only there's only outrage. There's only emoting. Mm -hmm. That's all that there is. And and honestly, that's what feels most real to people who have jettisoned reason or logic or truth. The thing that feels most real is their feelings. Yes. Mm. And so every day, mm. every day Twitter becomes Bring out those men so we can have our way with them. That's really what it is every day. It's just a matter of what the subject matter is. We make, we make, right. we make our corporate emotion-based demand, right. yeah. and we will not be, whether today it's James Gunn. I don't even mm -hmm. like James Gunn. I don't even like his politics. But right. whoever, whoever, what kind of nation allows itself to be, you ever run into a, ever, anybody ever introduced introduce themselves as, hey, I'm a member of the social media mob. How are you, Toby? You ever <laughs> met <know>. that guy? <laughs> I, I travel over the country. No member yeah, right. of the social media mob has ever. In, the, the, these are moms' basement dwellers, and we allow <laughs> oh. these these people are yep. making the hiring and firing decisions yep. the, for the culture. Yeah, the sad right. the sad thing is that many churches though are feeding this because rather than actually insisting that there is truth, that there are standards based on the word of God, it's just another emotional hit. Yep. That's right. You go in and you get your emotional sappy worship hit, and you have a pastor who's going to talk about how he feels and encouraging them to talk about how they feel. And it's just feeding the monster. Yep. Wow. The church is feeding yeah, right, this monster. You, you want me to tell you how Shakespeare relates to all this? I can't wait. When we yes. come back, let's yes. talk about We're this. We're coming. We're Absolutely. coming. Somebody here has IQ. Woo. Let's talk Shakespeare. All right. Steve Gase, Joe Rigney on Cross Politic. Are you loving it yet? You should be liking and sharing more when we come back. Shakespeare. We're wow. doing it. LeBron, Michael Jordan... Russia, Russia, right? Putin, Trump, Twitter. <laughs> C.S. Lewis is coming next. I'm sure. We got a bunch of we got a bunch of people that are like, I loved your revoice interview. Yeah. And I'm here to talk to you about same-sex attraction, and, and we're like talking about LeBron. Yeah. <laughs>
Roll over and the map. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Just follow along. Just follow hey. along. We're, get, we're taking you somewhere. Welcome back to Cross Politic on Faithwire News. Thank you for joining us. It's great to have you. If you're new, a special welcome to you. If you don't know about us, check out crosspolitik.com. Join us. As I said earlier, there's awesome stuff. If you become a member, I don't remember. A Things, lot of digital content. Yeah, That's a lot of cool stuff. On, uh, to, today we got Mr. Steve Dace. We got Pastor Joe Rigney. And Joe was just about ready to tell us what Shakespeare has to do with LeBron, LeBron James, James and, and Michael Jordan and Russian collusion and Twitter and gender dysphoria yeah. Twitter, Twitter mobs and postmodernism. I'm gonna start with Twitter mobs. Okay, so here's the deal. Here's the deal. Uh, let's let's talk. Uh, let's talk Julius Caesar play. Julius okay, Caesar, great. Okay? Mm. So um, in Julius Caesar, you know Caesar is the the big dog, um, and then you've got like uh, a Trump, like a Trump. Like okay. I mean, it's okay. funny actually. I took some students to see. Uh, a showing of this like in 2016 ish, right? Okay. So we were, we were starting to play. We go see a performance, and afterward they're going to have like a Q and A with all the deals. And it's and it's self evident throughout the whole thing that like these actors are like we are. This is us, like like because the guy who's playing Caesar is like doing his Trump impersonation. Like, this is us. Like this is America. This is America. Okay. Right. And so afterward, and and they're just sitting there looking at each other like this is this is where we're headed. And I'm like, you guys know what you just did, like. Because okay, so Caesar's up there, and then Brutus Cassius get together, and they and they take him out, right? Yeah. And uh, and then it kind of sets off this whole like chain reaction of like you can't stop with just taking out the it just unleashes yep. this yep. violence mm. in in the culture, and and part of the way it gets it gets stirred up. This is what made me think of the, the your your Twitter kind of discussion, social media amplifying. So if you think about um, uh all the envy, rivalry, malice that then kind of begins to metastasize. And then if you think of social media as this kind of like mimetic envy and rivalry amplification machine, <laughs> and what it does is it just starts shooting it back and forth and ramping it up and ramping it up. And at some place, all that lightning has to go someplace. Mm -hmm. right. Like it has to go someplace. And so in, in Julius Caesar, it goes first onto Caesar and then from there it goes boom ricochets everywhere. out everywhere. And, and there's yeah. a there's actually this really so on the one hand there's a, there's the scene where uh, Mark Antony stands up to give the famous you know friends Romans countrymen lend me your ears yeah. um, speech at C Caesar's funeral, and and what he does is he does this really great kind of like rhetorical manipulation of the mob who comes in and they're like he better not say anything bad about Brutus because <laughs> Brutus is amazing because Brutus had just given the speech justifying why they killed Caesar. And then, and then he better not say anything bad about Brutus. We'll we'll take we'll show him. And then by the end of the speech, they're like, "Let's kill everybody who killed Caesar," <laughs> you know, and because because Mark Antony has just known how to like you know you know he, he's playing hard to get. He's like, "I have Caesar's will, but I can't show it to you because I don't think you can handle it." And they're like, "We have to see the will. We have to see the will." And so he's like, "Caesar says he gives you all of his money. Oh, that's how much he loved you. Oh, and then and then and and they just start." And, and so he just does this whole 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 so, deal where so he just he flips the he the, flips the, the emotional energy is pointed at at one person at, right. Br at Brutus or or at like it's like Brutus is our hero yeah. and then by the time he's done we've got to go crucify Brutus right and then Brutus is getting run out of town then the, the really interesting thing though is the, actually the next scene because the next scene you've got this like mob of citizens like like Rome has now become this you know um you know the 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 um, apocalyptic story where everybody just run around right. doing everything right and so um. So there's a mob wandering around, and there's this guy walking down the street, and they grab him, and they're like, hey, what's your name? Where are you from? Where are you headed? Whose side are you on? And he's like, what's your occupation? And he's like, uh, I, I was just going to my house. Um, I'm a poet. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm, on the, I'm on the people's side. Um, what's your name? And, uh, and he's like, uh, what's the name of the poet? Who's the poet? Um, Bob. 
tear him for his verses. So whatever the guy's <laughs> name, one of the conspirators had been his had, had been had the same name. So the guy just happened happens to have oh, the same name as the other conspirator. Oh, no. And so when he's like, um, Senna. He's like, my name is Senna. And they're like, he's one of the conspirators. He's like, no, 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 I'm a poet. And they're like, tear him for his bad verses. You know, and they just like, and they just mob the guy because like the, it's the, the lightning has been unleashed. And so like right. when you start to think about the way that the amplification, what happens is as it ramps up the two sides. So this is like kind of like the, the left and then like the really hard, the really hard right, right? Like the, the, the guy, the, the um, you were t talking earlier, maybe this is before, but about the folks who just genuflect before yeah. Trump or the folks yep. who yeah. hate Trump for everything. Yeah. Yep. And and they they see themselves as like polar opposites. Like the, the same side, two right. sides of the same but, coin. But like when, yeah. in all relevant respects, they are literally identical. Mm. Same tactics, yep. same justifications. Yeah. Like if the guy's on our team, can do no wrong. If he's on your team, can do no right. And it's the exact same thing. Yeah. And so at the very moment... When it, like most polarized, we are total opposites. There are no common ground. It's like you guys are total twins. That's right. what, and that's and that and yeah. that's when it gets yeah. worse. That's good. Because that's really they, good. They, you always hate your own reflection the most. Yeah. And mm -hmm. Doctor Frankenstein always ends up hating the monster he created. Mm -hmm. And that's where they will get especially vicious when they come to that realization. Right. Is though is though really? And then those of us who are particularly when it's doing it right, that's typically the Christian church that will say to a culture in that position. Uh, we're not on any of your sides. Yeah. We're, we are a transcendent yeah, 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 entity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, yeah. we're not. We're, the only way it's like the line from War Games. The only way to win the game is not to play, yeah. and we're out. Right. Then the both those sides will. So you think you're better than us? Yeah. Then. Well, and right. they're and they will join both, together. They will join together and go yeah. after the yeah. believers. That's the cultural pattern you so, see too. So this is something yes. that watching. Okay, you recently. I can't remember what news station it was on. I scrolled through and see HLN. Your, you know what I'm going. Mm -hmm. yeah. And and yeah. basically, you walked out because someone compared Christian. Uh, Christianity to Sharia law mm -hmm. or Christian civilization we'll yeah. say the Christians are trying to bring on a Christian yeah. Sharia law yeah. and you got up and walked out and so you didn't even decide to play the game you're like you know what I'm not playing this but there was part of me that wanted you to engage because I was like man he's gonna kill this dude <laughs> well here's right? here, here's it, what happens to that situation though. yeah these things are eight minutes tops yeah, yeah absolutely there's three other people on the panel yeah we're halfway through the panel already when they came to me first and and when you watch the clip, I tried to get beyond the tribalism. Yeah, I saw and come that. up with a generic with a general thing that I think a lot of people. Because it's funny, there's a lot of lefties in California talking about secession and federalism yeah, nowadays. Yeah, right. All right. Yes. All right. So I love it. I, I think we should try to figure out how to make that one stick. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like in the Trump era, they discovered yes. federalism. Yes. And they're like, and yes. we just need to be like, go guys, go. Right. go right. So right. I'm like, if, if, whether with Citizens United or Roe v. Wade, there's probably a lot of Americans that think judges have too much power. Mm -hmm. So I tried to have an adult conversation. Right. Right away, the other party didn't wasn't going to have that. Yeah. And he's coming back to me, and I'm, and the reason why you see me silent is because I'm doing all the mental math in my yeah, head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm figuring, I'm, I'm doing, if I do this, what are the next five things that happen? If I do this, what are the next five things? And so I'm preparing myself to actually respond to him, but he's not making a, he's, he's throwing out a pejorative that's hard to break down in 140 characters or less. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, then I realized he's not the issue. Yeah. She is. She's supposed to be the moderator. Yeah. This is supposed to be an adult conversation. She should have stepped in and said, that's not, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. out of bounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if I, it, imagine what I could have said to him in reverse. Yeah. Would think she would have allowed that? No way she would have oh, allowed she, that. Yeah, she, yeah, you okay? got, oh, yeah. And so that's why <laughs> no, I went on. You got sense. Facebook censored. That, that, that's why, that's, <laughs> yes. That's why I went to her and said, hey, I tried to be an adult. Yeah. You invited me on here. We've had good conversations in the past. But this top, this this talking point is so over the top, so ridiculous. Yeah. You should not have allowed it to stand. She agreed with me. Yeah. I was then prepared to respond intellectually to his point. 
He takes her agreeing with me and then goes right into it. Because yeah. like one of the things I was going to point out to him is, tell me why a Christian Saudi Arabia would be bad because right now, you think if we don't import all of Saudi Arabia to America with our immigration policy, we're racist. Yeah. How can both those things be true? Right. This thing's a it's a non-entity. It's, right. it's a red herring. Yeah, yeah. And, when, and then when she allowed him to go on again, that's when I said, you know what? I'm either going to become the straw man they want me to be because they're really ticking me off right mm -hmm. now. Yeah. Or I'm just going to kick the dust off my sandals and move on. Because I, and, I, and afterwards, I got to thinking... Because I I had to jump on a conference call right after this for like an hour. Yeah, it was like an hour and a half later when I checked my phone and saw this thing had gone Blew viral. Up. Yeah, yeah, okay? yeah. And and that's when I realized, you know what? I actually think this is a good tactic. Yeah. Th because it's hard to argue <laughs> against their negatives, their emotional negatives. Yeah. And I think we need to be rather than arguing emotional negatives with emotional negatives, I think we need to be the adults and say. We're gonna. If you want to act like a Walmart aisle child, then we'll treat you like one. I'm gonna go over here and finish shopping. Right. You'll be here in the cereal aisle emoting that I didn't get enough Lucky Charms. Yeah. Right. And then yeah. when I'm done shopping, I'm gonna go in the car and pull out. If you're in the car, you get to come home. If not, call a cab. We're not gonna entertain this anymore. Yeah. We're just simply not right. going to right. allow certain things. We should just simply say are so out of bounds we won't tolerate them. So here's the interesting thing about that for me, like in terms of you know, strategies. You got real smooth real quick. I see you. I've got the I, I got a cold. <laughs> got the cold. And so I kind of sound... I thought you had the spirit I, of Barry White over that's, there. That's, it could be that. Maybe. We'll okay. Um, so the interesting thing is in order to do what, you were, what you're doing, as, as you described, I didn't see the clip, but I, I, I described in the situation, the fundamental thing that you have to be is in control of yourself. Mm -hmm. Right? Which is, which is the fundamental thing that when you go online is not happening mm -hmm. for most of these people. It, it, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's entirely mm -hmm. reactive. It's a powder keg. It's a hair trigger. All it takes is, boom, and you don't know where the explosion's actually going to happen. You don't day to day right. like you got. You we wake up. You don't know what thing is going to set off the mob. You know mm -hmm. it's something. You know you know yeah. something yeah. because mm -hmm. because the electricity's in the air. Because the electricity's right. in the air, and right. you know that something's going to activate it. Right. Right. And so in that kind of environment, you can't try to control the explosion. The only thing that you're responsible for before God is yourself. It's so you're, you're you're sitting there yeah. going, I can't, I can't control the moderator. I can't control. The, yeah. the the other talking head. I can't do that. The only thing I can do is think about what can I do before God in order to love my neighbor and act deliberately to do it. So I'm not so so. There's a way in which they could do that, and you could like get huffy and throw up your hands and mm -hmm. walk out in a kind of reactive way, and you're just doing the same thing they're doing another way. Or you could say this is actually a deliberate strategy. Like I'm actually like it looks like they, they might think oh he's running away and it's like actually I just punched you back mm -hmm. yeah right mm -hmm. right right, right? Yeah. but but in order to in order for it to be a deliberate strategy it has to, has to actually be deliberate which right. means the fundamental thing is kind of um, I I know who I am I know what I'm about and I'm I'm under control of me and because of that I'm actually trying to call other people into a, a kind of res personal responsibility well yeah and, and also too social media has said that the per last person who comments wins. Right, this trained us on how we think about engaging an argument, and it, it, so, who gets the mic drop? Right, exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. And then so whoever has the last word wins, and so they keep baiting. And that person, we should know a little bit about that. We've had some trolls this past week. Yeah. Instead of saying, you know, actually, especially when arguing with atheists, this is my new thing. Atheist comes on, hey, God is doesn't exist. I don't believe in God. Uh, only believe in logic and truth. And I delete his comment. He comes back and says the same thing again. I delete his comment. He's like, why do you keep deleting my comment? What you want to sense of morality all of a sudden? Right. Yeah. Why do you so walking where away? Would you, where would you get logic would you, and truth where, from? Where do you get a standard for, yeah. for <laughs> what I doing is wrong? Right. How do you get that standard? I think we're going to have to. And I talked about this at called when I was when I was speaking earlier today. Whenever Nehemiah 
shows up to rebuild the walls. Sandballot and Tobiah are not far behind. Right. Mm. There are yeah. unbelievers and then there are haters. Unbelievers are people who don't know, such as once were some of us, all of us. Yeah. yeah. Haters don't want to know. Mm. Haters don't want to know. They don't want anybody else to know either. They're the people Paul writes about at the end of Romans. R Romans 1. These are the people who delight in creating new ways to do evil and encouraging others to do the same. Mm. They don't want to know. Well, okay. The, the uh, Jesus does the. Uh, they travel over land and sea. They, they, you're trying to keep people from getting in. It's not an. You, yes. If the Pharisees had just said, "Jesus, we don't have time for this. We don't listen to you." Jesus yep. would have been like, "See you guys." Yep. Yeah. But the fact that they were like, "And we're going to actually exactly keep right. you from talking to anybody else." Yes. Right. I tried. Yeah. I tried to push back preach, and preach up. Mm -hmm. exactly mm -hmm. have an adult mm -hmm. conversation. Right. She agreed, but then let Sanballat and Tobias spout off. Yeah. yeah. And that's when I'm just going. You know what? Nehemiah, I'm, I'm not coming down to have yeah. to argue with you about nothing yeah. because this is a pointless exercise mm. and it takes me off of the focus of what God has called me to do. Mm. And so I think we actually need to, we, you don't, you don't put out a fire, a fire with lighter fluid. Like mm -mm. you don't sit there, you're not some redneck hillbilly. Hey mom, watch this. I'm going to put out the, the, the house fire with, and I'm, I'm spraying lighter fluid everywhere. Yeah. Right? Yeah. All right? right. Emotion can't cast out emotion. Beelzebub cannot cast out Beelzebub. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I think we need to do, you know, Nehemiah was not, was one of the biggest alpha males of the entire scriptures. Mm. I mean, a guy, <laughs> one of my, my life first is, Lord, I beat these people and pulled out their beards. Remember yep. what I did for you. I love that. <laughs> yes, I'm yes. in. I'm don't so forget. in. That's, don't forget. Yes. That's right. I'm going to preach on that. Yeah. That'll preach. Yeah. Okay. But that, but he was also the guy that said, you know what? I can clearly discern there, there's nothing constructive will happen from this mm -hmm. except to distract and detract me from the work God has called me to do. Right. Yeah. So you nattering nabobs can sit here and ponder the lint in your navel until <laughs> until until yeah. you wake up in hell. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be over here building the walls. But is, right. Isn't that where a lot of people get the idea of like, you know what, That's just I'm just going to preach the gospel. Because obviously engaging politics, it's a messed up thing. You're not going to get any traction. People are going to treat you like they just treated you. Mm -hmm. Forget that. I'm just going to go preach the gospel and, and work on changing people's hearts because that obviously isn't a place that I'm going to give a fair shake. See, I, I was almost there. Yeah. I even said it that when I was talking to the kids today, I spent 10 years of my professional life trying to get Christians in politics. And now I'm wondering maybe if that was a mistake. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but th that's a joke. But it's a false choice between all politics or not. Yeah. What I've what what God has shown me in the last couple of years, because I had like this midlife crisis moment after the last election and watching the way it turned out and all the roll tide evangelicals I had blowing up my feed. Okay, which mis <laughs> who can misquote Matthew seven as good as the atheist can? Right? Uh, roll tide evangelicals. And every, and, that. and every politician that's terrible that you want to justify voting for is King David. But we leave out the part where like King David caused civil wars and stillborn kids with yeah, his sin because right. yeah. we always forget God punished him for all of his sin at the right, same right. time. You're, you're kind of like okay, if Trump's repentant, he can go to heaven. But do you know what? He doesn't get to be president. A yes, yes. <laughs> and suddenly, it's suddenly like bad Republican politicians are okay. But bad Democrat politicians, God like can never work through them at the same time, right? <laughs> right, right. All right, so I, I I was just burnt out over all of that. And then God showed me, you know what? That's why I talked about Paul today. Mm -hmm. I can use politics instead of seeing it primarily as a way to get the policy outcomes I want. Not mm. not I didn't say exclude the policy outcomes yeah. I want, but not making it the prima the prime directive. Yeah. Right. But using it as a platform to reach unbelievers. And what I have found now is my inbox is littered every day from conservative Jews, conservative Mormons, atheists, sec uh, secularists that are fascinated by my willingness to hold both sides accountable. Mm -hmm. I don't water down the gospel. Mm -hmm. um, I went and did a youth ministry uh, or a campus ministry Skype event 
for at BYU earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows. I, I I mean, I've gotten questions. I've talked about if you don't believe in the Trinity, you're basically taking the opening chapter of John, the entire book of Colossians, and yeah. among other things, and throwing them out. Yeah. I haven't watered anything down, but what I've done is shown that I don't have to hate you if we disagree on everything. Um, If we agree on enough, we can work together, provided you don't ask me to change my convictions. And I'm going to hold both sides accountable to the same standard. And what I have found is this is now giving me, politics is giving me an opening to have theological conversations I couldn't have on my platform a couple years ago. To tie this all together, you said earlier, you got the kind of the bad Republicans and the bad Democrats and they're fighting with each other (laughs) and they're sitting there saying, hey, our guy's never wrong (laughs) to some extent. Well, that's the same kind of conversation we're having with LeBron and Jordan. We're saying that there's a standard that applies to both and that's how we can judge the Republicans. That's how we can judge the Democrats, and that's how we can judge. That's how we can judge LeBron and Jordan. That's how you can have these conversations, and you can disagree. And it's not about emotion. You can disagree because there's yeah. a standard. It's not about your feelings. It's not about their feelings. That's not the ultimate standard. The ultimate standard is God's word and His world that He made. Um, yes. you, you can have hard disagreements. You can have arguments over that. But it's it's your heart. Your feelings are not the sacred core. Yeah. I remember talking to you a couple weeks ago, Steve, maybe it was three weeks ago, and we were just talking about, you know, how do we make it in this business? And you said, well, either you kind of back to your beginning points, either you kind of got to kiss the butts of the current Republican establishment and they'll put you on Fox, or you got to kind of be the token Republican who's constantly badgering or constantly disagreeing with the Trump administration. Mm -hmm. And they'll put you on CNN and MSNBC. Right. They'll put you on CNN. But principled Christians do not make it in this business at that level. But that's what we need. Yeah. Do we have another segment after this? Uh, No, we don't. But hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Say what you want to say. Uh, One thing I I want to say in response to what you just said that I think this is something that's happened to me several times. I think our audience needs to hear. I have had several times producers at major cable networks call me up to screen me to be a guest on a panel. Yeah. Mm. And when I give them my opinion and it doesn't conform to the Venn diagram yep. they prefer. That's right. Trump sucks Jesus or sucks. Trump or Trump's or Cheeto Jesus. Yeah, that's right. So mm. Trump's either the antichrist or yeah. Cheeto Jesus. If it doesn't if it doesn't conform to that. <laughs> Cheeto Jesus. I have literally been told. They've I've, I've they've said this to me. We're looking for sides yeah. more than opinions. Yeah. Mm. Right, and I think that's a very difficult arena mm-hmm. for a biblical Christian that's to right. operate in, right. Right. because a we're not comfortable in the arena of opinions to begin with, because we're in the arena of truth. Right. But now, if you're telling me my my effort, earnest effort to have a truth based opinion mm-hmm. isn't welcome if it doesn't conform to one of your sides, yep. now we're pro wrestling where yep. it's real. Yeah, that's, I mean, yeah. they're really hitting each other, yep. but it's scripted. That's right. And that's most of what our audience yeah, yep. consumes. Yeah. And, and the only side we do take is Jesus' side. Amen. Right. That's it. Right. Yeah. So that's, that, yeah, that's what yeah. I need. We, need. we need pastors. We need teachers who are just driving people back to the word of God and saying, yep. what does the word of God say? Amen. Stand there. It's mm. not about you. It's not about your feelings. It's not yep. about how other people feel about it. It's about what's true and being loyal to Jesus, no matter how the chips fall. Are you done? Uh, okay. Are you, are you done? Yes. Okay. I'm done. We'll try this again. <laughs> there you go. We can all we had a premature evacuation. We're ready to go, ready to go now. We, we can do this yeah. all day long. You got something else you want? I'll stop this. I'll don't, stop this. Don't, in a second. Do not, do not okay. tempt a brother like that. Do not cause a brother to stumble like that. <laughs> you know something that I've observed just in the last two days, and I would love to get your insight on this. Back in the day, we were only doing two shows a week, Wednesday and Friday. We picked up Wednesday because, uh, actually, I'm sorry, Wednesday and Sunday. It was our Sunday special. We recorded it on Friday because we don't work on the Lord's Day. 
Uh, but Wednesday, we picked up an extra show because we saw that we needed to start making more content every week other than just on once a week because we wanted to respond to some of the stuff that was happening throughout the week. The demand for our show became uh, more prominent. And but I realized so our midweek show was just like, you know, 30, 45 minutes, something like that. We wanted to do a half hour in the week to kind of get some of the topics that were happening. And then we do the long form show on Sunday, which would run somewhere between an hour and 10 or an hour and 30 minutes long. Now, one of the things that I just picked up on was, man, I really miss some of that long form type of conversation with our guests. It, it didn't feel rushed. We, we weren't facing the clock. Um, and we were just able to talk freely and work through ideas in a more complete way instead of just kind of hitting the, the points, making a good point and then moving on to something else. We actually had long, long form dialogue back and forth. I wonder if you guys missed that. Is it just me? I'm grateful. Now, listen, I'm grateful for the daily show. I, I think that's really good because we get to respond to things every day. We get to have more of a connection with you. But I would love for you to send us an email at contact at Fight, Laugh, Feast. I want to know what you guys think. Do you like the daily? You can't pick between the two. If you had to say, okay, yeah, I love the daily 30-minute show. I love it. That's it. So you got to choose between the daily 30-minute show or do you miss the long-form twice-a-week shows? Now, that's tough. I kind of want both, right? you like, I want an hour long every day. And <laughs> But if I had to choose between... 30 minutes a day versus the hour long, long form. Which one would you choose? All right. So you send us an email, contact at fightlaughfeast.com. I want to know what you guys are thinking. Do, do you wish we could go back to the twice a week or are you loving the dailies, but they're shorter? We'd love to hear from you. So that would be great. Also, I forgot about this. Steve Dace. I wonder if he still thinks Michael Jordan is the, the greatest of all time. I still, because LeBron James just did the whole scoring thing, broke Kareem's record. So I'm wondering if he still feels that way. I have to ask him next time I talk to him. If you're single, get married. If you're married, have you some kids. And if you have kids, go baptize them. Until tomorrow, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. This is Cross Politic. Home, it's where you build your legacy, where traditions are started, Seeds are planted, meals are shared, and stories are told. We are Chris Natalie Carpenter, owners of Story Real Estate, and our team of top agents helps people find homes in Moscow, Idaho, and around the country. Have you thought about a move? Contact us to get connected with a top agent who shares your values and puts your family first. Or reach out to us about our Moscow Relocation Guide. Wherever you're looking to go, we can help you find home. Call us at Story Real Estate or visit us at storyrealestate.com and start building your legacy.